Welcome to the OFX podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Duonamic, uh, providers of incredible doorway pull-up things that are very difficult to pronounce, but really easy to use. Um, I, like I said, I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me is our trail-trotting titan, Bethany McChesney. Coming off gigantic trail racing victory. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was it was huge there were many legends and yeah math. all the legends <laughs> you know seriously so like you know second competition back how are you feeling right because these are kind of like you know foot in the water again well i guess rx one's not really a foot in the water but yeah you know, the trail race was really just to get my legs back racing on more technical terrain um and I don't train very much on technical train here in the small town of Strathroy. There's not even really hills. So I needed to just kind of get out and test the legs there a bit. And I did, I felt really good. Um, some of the frustrations, I suppose, with this race were just the amount of people. It was a multi-loop on a seven-kilometer loop. Um, you could do one, two or three loops and everybody was, it felt like everybody that day was on the trails when I was. So it was in a single track and you're just constantly moving around people. So it was kind of difficult to really open up and run all out, but I still had a blast. Um, and yeah, and then there were some people that didn't listen to the no earbuds rule. <laughs> so when you're coming up behind people and you're saying on your left, on your left, and then some people aren't hearing you and you're like, oh man. They have earphones in and then you kind of have to shoulder them on the way by and then there's the awkward oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and <laughs> just don't wear earphones on the trails <laughs> just enjoy being out in nature yeah i don't follow you um <laughs> I, did you see have you seen those things and i was in, in best buy with my, my my son the other day and they've got like they're not earbuds they kind of go over your ear and the speaker's like on the bone right yeah there. they're they rest on the temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, I was like, I tried it out. And I was like, this is really good. Cause I could still hear him talk, mm -hmm. hear the music and stuff. And, and personally, I hate things in my ears. It drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm dying to try a set of those. I think it'd be great. I've actually heard really good things about them. And then because you can also still hear what's going on around you and the sound quality is still fantastic. Did I ever tell you about my buddy, uh, Ryan Filetti? Mm -mm. This is a scary story. So he's a, he's a bit of a marathon runner, right? Good guy. And he was out running just uh, in town, running along, and he had his earbuds in. And he's running across the intersection with the light, all perfectly legit. And a car ran the light and just smoked them. Oh. Tons of damage, surgeries, the whole deal. And I'm like, that's just the scary part of running with earbuds. And I mean, he was totally not at fault, right? Like the driver ran the red light. He, he's the guy that screwed up but but ryan's yeah. still the guy that had to eat it and yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah I'm, good news is he's back he's running he's he's all good but that was mm -hmm. it was really scary he was banged up pretty bad he could have easily yeah. died on that one so maybe well, and sometimes it happens so fast whether you had earphones in or not he had no memory from crossing the intersection to being in the hospital yeah wow he, which probably is a good thing. 
Yeah. So did I tell you, I was hit by a car once doing the same thing, but I was on a bike, no earphones or anything. And it was someone that was turning left and just didn't look. And I have no memory of the actual accident, but, and I came to in the back of someone's car when they were driving me to the hospital. I was going to say that almost sounds like a scarier story. You came to is like the back of a big white panel van or anything like that. <laughs> Skittles written on the side of it. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. So, but how, but how bad were you hurt on that one? I, mean, um, I, I wasn't actually like, there were some significant scrapes. My bike was in two pieces. Um, I'm probably super fortunate. I, I, I chipped some bones in my chin and um, did some damage to my jaw tendons because I, I, I think I went over my handlebars because my handles were in my hands, but the bike wasn't attached to my handlebars. Um, yeah, and then just some good road rash other than that. So I think I walked away pretty fortunate. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, run on a treadmill. It's less dangerous. <laughs> I was biking to work. <laughs> So work on your treadmill. It's less dangerous. <laughs> Commute in a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like coffee in one hand and your phone in the other. And... This was before I owned a vehicle, Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think there was ever a time before I owned a vehicle. Oh, not me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so how's everything going? Because you are recovering. Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is all back in. So you've done two competitions. How's everything feeling? You know? Yeah, really good. Actually. I feel like my body and my ankle turned a corner about a month ago because there was still a lot of tension. And some of it I know was probably injury PTSD, having pain there for two years. Um, and, but I was able to start doing speed work and tempos and hill runs and everything was feeling fine. So uh, yeah, I was still super nervous and I made a post about it too in the first competition in RX1, just the flat, fast road stuff um, and how it would feel and it felt totally fine. And then the trails, the up and down and the more technical stuff, again, it feels good. So it's just, I think it's just a testament to the, the rehab that I went through and the thousands and thousands of eccentric calf work that I did to strengthen the tendon because it's so far it's been fine. So it does give me a bit more confidence going into this weekend. Obviously the train will be more technical, um, but at least I'm not, I'm not nervous like I was two weeks ago about my ankle holding up. And this weekend's obviously Spartan Burmacomb, um, not a series race or anything like that. Just, uh, uh, are you doing both super and sprint? Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, good race uh, on a local ski hill, not super high elevation. Yeah. So it should be pretty good. I don't remember it being super technical terrain, though. I mean, it kind of, it's almost like that classic Canadian Spartan yeah. where you're up and down the ski slopes. Yeah. It's not technical at all. But the when I did the super there the last time, 2019, it was up and down constantly. And the, it was really just um, tall grass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I remember it, too. It's, it's, yeah. Let me say, it, it, that seems to be the Canadian race. It's, they just send us up and down ski hills. Yeah, yeah. That was very much that. So uh, not a lot of not a lot of super runnable parts. It is a lot of up and down. So yeah, that's kind of what you expect when we have these smaller mountains and they're trying to fill 10K in a small space. It's been pretty consistent. They've been there quite a few times, though. It's a good little venue. Like, it works out. I mean, it's, 
it's not Blue Mountain, it's not Tahoe, it's it's not those, but it's a yeah. it's a good little venue. They put on a nice nice festival area. Yeah, it's not too bad to get to from the city. So I mean, yeah. for you it is, but you know, for people who live in the city, it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, and Brimacombe was my first Spartan. Was it? Yeah. I think mine was Mount St. Louis or somewhere out there. Oh, I don't know that one. I can't remember. No, well, Mount St. Louis, no, that was Tough Mudder, but it, this, my first Spartan was somewhere out there again. 2013. I have no idea yeah. what happened. So. Oh. It was the only time I had a Spartan white shirt. Oh, white. <laughs> white Spartan shirt. Actually, I really liked that one, but uh, I have no idea what happened to it. I think it's I, not I, white anymore, I'm sure. No, 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 probably not. So that's good. Um, we don't know a ton about your competition because we don't know a lot of the elites that are going to this one. So it's going to be a bit of a surprise. Um, yeah. I know your, I know your, 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 your goal is the same no matter who's there anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. The thing too with racing in Canada right now is we've kind of had two years where we haven't really seen people. We had two races, but they weren't super attended. Um, Blue Mountain was a bit more, but there's, this weekend though, there's going to be girls that I just haven't seen really in two years. So you don't know what kind of work people have put in and um, new people come onto this scene all the time. So it's never, nothing's ever a sure thing. So still have to race it. And from our Timo effects perspective, we have yourself making your Spartan debut this year and Brendan Neely as well, making his, uh, his Spartan debut, expecting good things from both, good things from both of you. But, uh, I do believe, uh, Brendan will have to deal with the, the, you know, illustrious Jesse Bruce. And that is never an easy task. <laughs> no, no. And I think Jesse's fit right now with all of this triathlon stuff too. I don't think Jesse's ever not fit. Yeah, you're right. Jesse's, I think, resting heart rate is about 170 beats a minute, just from his sheer excitement level. He's constantly <laughs> on the go. He never stops. Yeah. So, anyway, best of luck to everybody going. I sadly will not be making it because I have a real job, and real jobs suck. And they pick the <laughs> one weekend that I have to work overtime, and I can't make it, and I'm really ticked off. But, you know, it is what it is. Life. Real job, so, to do stuff, Dave. I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say I would have won. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I just send me my medal. You know, I think it's reasonable. Um, stuff going on. Uh, we do have an interview coming up with uh, uh, Alyssa Holly. Fantastic! Can't wait to bring that to you. But some stuff that's going on as well. Do you remember the last Deca fit? there was a guy from the second round that ended up podium. He ended up in second place. So he made his High Rocks debut. Okay. And, and again, I cannot say his name and I'm afraid to even attempt it because it'll come out like I'm making fun of him. And, and uh -huh. I don't know what it is spelled. A-N-A-S-S. -S. Anasa. Anasa. There you go. We'll go with that. <laughs> so he made his uh, High Rocks debut and he put in a, a 113, which I think was a little less than I, or you know, not as quick as I expected. I don't know about you, but uh, apparently the sleds in LA were deadly. Oh, okay. Did you look at his sled times? Yeah, um, his sled times were, he came out flying too. He, his first 1K was sub sub three minutes. Wow. Well, so this, this guy has a sub four minute mile time, right? Yes. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to read to you here and I got his stuff right here. So his first run was 259. 
then a, wow. th a 329 on the skier, a 329 on his second run, and then 641 on the sled push. Okay, yeah. Then back to a 353 and then a 1003 on the sled pull. Oh, that's the time right there. Yeah, so those ones ate him up pretty bad. And his wall balls were a 651, which is, is not really top notch either. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he, um, uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to him personally, personally, but through third party, uh, he, he has said that he was not, he was very surprised by those slides, how, how tough they were, uh, but he is not giving up and he will be back and he, he's really, really diving into the hybrid racing and I really hope to talk to him soon. So he's definitely on my radar to try to get an interview with and just yeah. to see another guy in there because that kind of speed and that kind of potential. Right. And he looks like a strong guy. So, I mean, he maybe have also found his niche. He just kind of has to sort this out a little bit with the sleds and the heavier stuff. Yeah. Well, Jack Bauer is convinced that this guy's going to be the real deal. Yeah. And if Jack's convinced, uh, I, I trust Jack on this one. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> also, uh, congrats uh, to Chris Woolley and Haley, Bog, Haley Brogan for their wins at High Rocks LA. It was good for them. Um, Chris... Chris Woolley, his time actually points out something that we've been saying forever on the sleds. Um, in London, he was like a three and change. And then in LA, he was over six minutes. Wow. So almost double. Almost double. So just, it does show you. And then from what I hear, they are bringing those same sleds to Vegas. So that'll be interesting. Um, the other thing that had happened... And this actually is something that you should be very concerned with. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Jones did a sub 13 for the Deca Strong. That's fast. So does that put her into the leading spot or does Sam Briggs still have it? Well, no. So that for this year, that puts her into the leading spot. And I believe that is the best all time. I'll have to double check that, but I think that's the best all time. Wow. If she's sitting there and is definitely sitting in that number one seed for this year in Atlantic City, which I'm very excited about. I think is going to be absolutely fabulous. And I'm going qualify or not. I do have one more shot to qualify. Well, I have two shots, right? Three shots to qualify, technically. <laughs> I I'm doing one more of each. I got a deck of fit, a deck of strong, and a deck of mile all coming up. So three shots to qualify for age group, obviously. And uh, yeah, hopefully as well. And you are you have your deck of fit shot. Are you, are you going to make any deck of strongs or anything in time to go there? Um, I don't know. I haven't really planned if that's going to work out. So, so many things on my schedule still. I have to work it all out. But deck of fit for sure. It's crazy. I've already started dropping stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Brimico. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally. <laughs> One more thing I wanted to, to put out there before we go on is, did you see the 400 meter... OCR Leon ran. I did. And it looked exactly like everything you've ever dreamed of. It is. And I'm just, I was thinking, because everybody's been talking about, you know, OCR going to the Olympics with the pentathlon. And from what I hear, it's not even like OCR. It might be like, you know, kitty playland in the backyard, mm -hmm. which would be very sad to even call it OCR. What Leon did is what OCR in the Olympics should be. Yes. It yeah. Awesome. And he, I, I, Talked to him a little bit and he's just, he's like, it was amazing. And that was at the Czech championship, Czech OCR championship. So I'm still looking for some good video of the whole thing. Um, 
but that just in the bits and pieces I saw 400 meter course and really cool obstacles great flow to it yeah it and there was there was the obstacles were also very different like the, we, he had the low rigs he had um over the logs like they were it, it wasn't just a whole bunch of ninja warrior type rigs they yeah. were all very different yeah and that's the way it should be right in, in 400 meters I don't know how many obstacles you want to put in there 10 whatever obstacles there's one every 40 meters which is tons yeah you know so even say even less than that but you want like that variety where you're getting like some can just be a balance some can be a, a quick strength some can be you know very technical low high whatever yeah. you really can mix it up and make a very exciting race and I would die to see something like that come here I know yeah it looks super exciting but I think I got a better chance of just going there <laughs> you're right unless we build it and if we build it maybe then maybe then so the <laughs> problem is and with that in this reality is how do you make money at it how do you make enough money to justify holding it because that's expensive to build that and to put that on i mean platinum rigged it right yeah I, I have that video of me on that one it was probably more of a 200 meter course but you could easily stretch that out around a 400 meter track yeah but you can't filter enough people through that to make good money at least i don't think it'd be really hard to do and you can't charge a super amount for it because it's over so quick right mm -hmm. so therein lies the problem and that's where i thought spartan cross would work because you could set that up along with your regular thing do that friday night charge just 20 30 bucks to go through and then you know but hey spartan won't <laughs> so when are we going to check <laughs> Sure, let's do it. All right, tomorrow. We're For off. a 400 meter OCR. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's a bad idea. It's a good idea. Awesome. All right, well, that's enough of us. Without any further ado, we're going to bring in Alyssa Holly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aly Alyssa, you posted um, a pretty significant post on this the past weekend about your uh, focus this season moving away from Spartan. And this is a big deal. You were part of the Fab Five. You really helped mm -hmm. to bring up the OCR scene for women. Um, and you're going to shift your focus this year. And the reasons you stated make a lot of sense. And I think people can really empathize with those reasons. But just kind of walk us through um, that decision making. Yeah, so like I mentioned in the post, um, moving away from Spartan, and I've known for a long time, it was just kind of, I don't know, I just didn't really feel if I needed to announce it or not necessarily. I'm like, it's just Spartan just seems so far away already at this point for me that, um, I don't know, it's just changed so much, I guess, that I just felt like I was already out of it for a while. But um, yeah, so I was thinking about it um, a lot, like right around the time we got our contracts this year. And well, back up first um, when they announced the series. So the series was um, like they moved into Mexico, right, in Canada, and then they had the three races in the US. And I loved that idea. I thought that was cool. I was like, I would love to go and do those. Um, and but then I noticed like all of the, ooh, sorry, my phone just fell over. <laughs> um, but then I noticed, yeah, all of the races are pretty much at elevation. And all of them are, you know, it's a big travel distance and I would love to do that, but it's a lot harder for me to get away these days. But, um, so where I'm at fitness wise right now and where I live and with my job, I was like training for these kind of mountain races at elevation does not make a lot of sense for me. It would take a lot more time to train than these hybrid races do because I work and basically live at the gym. Um, and then, uh, 
so as much as I kind of wanted to really, really hang on to that part of me, that Spartan part of me, that's, that's been a part of me for like the last six years, I was just like, it's just not realistic. And then they released the contracts and I made it to tier three because, um, it was based all on 2020 and 2021 races. And I only raced the three local races. So Montana, uh, Seattle and Portland for me last year. And so I didn't really, I don't know, I, I didn't get enough points to get up anywhere on the tiers. So plus financially, right. Like not being able to be supported to go in these races, like that was just kind of it for me. I was like all these factors combined together. Um, yeah, just didn't make sense. And so I kind of had this whole like mourning period over the winter. Like now I'm cool, but like, it was really hard. Like that's all I own is Spartan clothes pretty much. And that's all I see like all around, like my garage is decorated. So, so yeah, long, long story uh, to cap or to finish off is yeah, it was, I've known for a little while. You know, it, it's so much echoes a lot. What uh, would you, would, <laughs> would you say with the, I'm train? really sorry. That's okay. So much echoes a lot with Faye Stenning said. Like Faye Stenning was the same thing about her training, right? She's mm -hmm. in New York. She can't get to the mountains all the time to do the training, the, the trail running. You just can't keep up with the people who, who live in Colorado and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I totally get what you're saying about the identity deal. Like you were a Spartan racer. That was like your identity. I mean, I mean, I can't go to the same level as you, obviously, but I remember when I stopped, <laughs> I stopped playing goaltending when I stopped being a goalie for hockey. And I was like, forever, I was, I'm a goalie. I'm a goalie. I'm a goalie. And now I'm like, I'm not a goalie anymore. I have to be something else. And it's so silly. It seems so strange, but it's that little bit of identity that goes away. You hit the nail on the head. I didn't actually use that word in my poster just now, but that's exactly what I've been struggling with is the identity behind that. And like, well, what kind of athlete or who am I without that? And it's kind of, you know, taking me these last couple months to really reflect on that and try to, um, I don't know, move on from that, I guess, in a way. But do you find with the rise of these hybrid races, though, that's given you that new outlet and a new identity that you can now say, well, I'm a hybrid racer and that almost like it slides you into a new identity. And obviously you're very successful at high rocks. So did it kind of take this thing away a bit? A hundred percent. Because, and I was thinking about this too, like I started, I did my first high rocks back in uh, winter of 2019 and, or 2020. Yeah. Yeah, one of the two. Sorry. Um, anyway, so I've kind of was already starting that transition as it was. I think had I just been now been getting into it, like right when they like I kind of decided with the whole Spartan thing, I think it would have been a lot harder because I wouldn't have known if I would have been able like to be successful at that. So that has helped a lot to kind of have that like kind of overlap of transition, if you will. Yeah, and plus you get a new wardrobe. And what? Clothes. You get new wardrobe. You get new clothes. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You all your Spartan. <laughs> Not as much for free, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think Spartan's going in like like a? I know it's going a different direction for you, right? So it's going away from a direction you want to go. Do you think they're going in a smart direction overall? Uh, yeah, I, I really, I got to be careful with what I, how I say this, I guess. Oh, no, you're out um, of the Spartan loop anymore. You can bash them all you like. I know, but I really don't have any bitterness towards Spartan. I don't feel like they owe me anything at all. Like I, those were seriously will go down as some of the best years in my life. And I'm so grateful for all the opportunities. Like I got to go travel internationally and be like, like you said, a part of the Fab Five, but like at the same time, we, me and my wife were talking, and my dad too, um, we were talking about it back in like the 2017 era. Like that was my best year, kind of 2018, maybe kind of, I felt like it was at the height of Spartan. And we were talking about how they kind of seem like they're at this crossroad 
where they either need to go down the path of catering to the elites and making this like a big deal Olympic type thing, right? Um, and or they're going to have to cater more towards the um, like open racers and just the general people who they want to come like rip off the couch, right? And it kind of seems to me that they've been going more towards the open racing scene, which, and, and right, they've like expanded a lot since then too. Like then DECA came around and all the, like just whatever, like all, all this kind of things they have now. So I don't know, like, I think they're trying to do too much in a way, like maybe they're trying to put their, they're not being able to focus on one thing enough, like one common goal. It's kind of like, let's try to do everything. And I think that's kind of taken away from the magic of a little bit of a little bit and just kind of, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, it kind of like took away from the competition a little bit too, in my eyes, because everything kind of got watered down as far as like an elite racer goes. And I, it's hard to say that because they still are on like really rough terrain, right? Like those mountain courses are no joke or anything, but we really haven't seen many new obstacles. The obstacles don't really challenge any of the elite racers anymore. And that was a big thing for me was that was how I was really good is because I wasn't really a runner and I was able to crush all the obstacles and that kind of balanced out with the big runners I was going against. So with that being kind of a non-factor um, in a way, and again, this is just my personal opinion. Um, I've just kind of felt like it's um, again, just more been geared towards the open racer. And I don't know, I, I just don't, I don't know that it's working. <laughs> I, it seems to me it's kind of on a downfall, but that's just kind of how I see it. So I don't, I don't really know. You ever, when you say, and I, I do, like I said, remember what racing, the obstacles and some of the strength stuff really being a strong suit for you. Is that the, like, I assume you'll probably jump in a race here or there, right? I, I imagine that'll happen. Yeah. But I guess geographically would probably permit it. But would you ever think of something like chasing like the Savage Series where the obstacles are a little more challenging and may play to your strengths a bit more? If Savage comes to the West Coast, <laughs> they're like, all the ones I looked at, and I could be wrong, but they're kind of all like, Texas East Coast kind of area so travel wise it's a lot harder for me to get to to make sense right if I, I'd have to win it to be able to come out on you know on top or something so I have to be again just kind of like I said on my post I just kind of be smarter about the ones I do this year um, so I would love to though for sure I think one of Spartan's biggest problems and I'll say it straight out I think they have too many damn races yeah that, I feel like that too it's just it's almost confusing to go on their website now or explain like what it really is. I'm like, well, you can kind of do a lot of different things and we could talk about this for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I see my, my wife's from Alabama and she said there used to be like a race every other weekend within driving distance. Hmm. And whereas we up here, we get uh, what, six a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Across the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are in Canada, but where yeah. at? Uh, the Toronto area. Oh, okay. Okay. So we get like six a year all across the whole country. And so they become a little, more, a little more important. And I yeah. think what I think Spartan, I do believe their attendance has dropped down. And I think it's due to just too many races. Yeah. And speaking of that, I was watching the, or not watching, somebody post a video of the elite. I don't know which race it was in Montana this last weekend, but I think I counted seven girls total. And yeah, the one Casey Monroe won. Yes, that's what I saw. Post, people kept saying, where is everybody? <laughs> I know. And I will, I could show you an identical picture of that same start line. And I think it was 2019. I could be wrong, but it was just, just a whole, that whole line of field of girls, right? in the start line. 
And I, I saw, I noticed this too in Seattle, um, in Portland, Portland's a smaller race, but even in Seattle, like that one's always usually a really big turnout. And I think there were five of us at the start line of the sprint. Like it was a joke. Wow. So I don't know. Granted, it was like not a big race, but still, I mean, I've never seen that in years past. So, well, and I think part of the problem too, is this year with the new series, there's such a big focus on age group. So now people, yeah. there's no incentive to move up to that elite race. So everyone's staying in age group. Somebody yeah. said that was going to happen. Who the hell was? Oh yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Oh, and then, yeah, I, I don't I mention this too, really, but there was a lot of uh, local prize money cuts too. And that was really disappointing for me to see. Um, I didn't mention this in the post, but that was a big deal for me. Um, because that's literally how I got my start. I, um, was able to go to some local races and I went to Portland was my first one, like a real Spartan race. My first one was a stadium. And then, so I went to Portland and then I went to Seattle and I won Seattle, was able to get some money, flew down to Sacramento I took second in both of those, won a little more money, flew down to California, and that race put me on the map. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of sucks that it seems to be maybe favoring this, like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The people who are already kind of up there, I guess. It seems harder for somebody to work their way up like I was able to, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, – I, I think that you are right that they are taking away the focus. They've gone to the open and, you know, devil's advocate from Spartan's perspective. If I'm running a business, I'm yep. going to cater to the open too. I'm going to cater to the yep. age because that's where my money's coming in. And the elites, while that's what builds the sport at, you know, and maybe even the future for the time being, I'm not making any money off of these because at best of times it was 10% of my field. And right now it's closer to five. The thing that scares me is in the elite fields, We've seen small women's fields quite often, and we were hoping they would grow, and that would be the case. Whether that's happening or not seems to be still up in the air. But the men's fields and a lot of elite ones are getting very small now, too. And probably, like you say, because the, the borderline guys are going back to age group because mm. of and, you know, whatever the incentive is. But that's what's scary to me is that the men's field are dwindling, too. And I hope at least they start sending everybody at once so it just looks a little bit better. <laughs> yeah true that's true um what was I gonna say about that oh back to the business yeah I we, we me and my wife are kind of I guess part of my argument too has been like yeah they are a business and I understand that's kind of why it's kind of been like well if that's what they want to do in their business then fine like I guess I'll just kind of go do something else so so high rocks top 15 you obviously this is big this is pretty huge that was not an easy top 15 to crack I was honestly pretty shocked. I mean, the times that had been posted, I felt were really fast. And then to see like a couple more of those European racers or races go on and though them filling up those slots, I was like, whoa. So yeah, I, I've never raced against probably over half these ladies. So I, I don't know what to expect at this point. <laughs> I think and I mean, I've said this before uh, publicly a couple of times. I think a lot of the Europeans are going to be in for a huge shock when they come over and hit the North American sleds. And especially uh, that, what I've heard, they're taking the ones they just used in LA and those are the ones going to Vegas. And I don't know if you've looked at some of the sled times in LA, but I mean, take a guy like Chris, I think it was Chris Woolley um, from Australia. He was a three minute-ish, 3.30 sled, pu sled push in London. And then was over six minutes in LA. Whoa. 
So, I mean, I think a lot of the Europeans who have not been over here, and I think the only one that has is Alex Ronkovic, that have not been over here, I think are going to hit that thing like, like literally a brick wall. So this is exactly what I'm banking on. I am banking on the fact <laughs> that those sleds are just the only thing <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna save me for like that this that was made their times you know so much lower. That's what I'm hoping. So if that's the case, then I think I got a good shot. And then Viola, she's had she's had some North American experience too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. She's definitely one that I'm, I've been looking out for, for sure. Yeah, Viola is just, she, I, I don't think it matters where the course is. I was just going to say that, yeah. I was like, I don't know if it matters yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting, too, to see some of your other competition. And, and, and I don't want to say they're not going to be great or they're not going to kill us or they're not going to kill it because I have complete faith that they would make me look completely stupid. But both Rachel and Lauren... <laughs> Uh, being pregnant at the time and still going to be running um how did you how does that make you feel you'll be like okay this is a good chance for me to go ahead of them or is it like crap I might get beat by a pregnant woman <laughs> well we I already did get beat by a pregnant woman Lauren was already pregnant at uh yeah, fairness, yeah, North, so <laughs> I literally put nothing past her I think she could be like at her due date and racing and I think she could still beat us all like she is just so good so I really, I don't count either of them out. Like they're just such incredible women. I think, I don't know, maybe it'll feel their fire even more. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised. I know, I, I, I would have to think eventually Lauren has to slow a little bit. Even she said this won't be a PR. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I don't believe her, man. I thought it was a mistake. I thought they were just putting on there because she's Lauren. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> to, I'm shocked to hear she's racing. I'll be honest. Yeah. So she's seven months at this race. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, if I had found out I was pregnant, I'd be like, see you guys, bye. I'm out for nine months. <laughs> I think it's seven months my mom was just considering quitting smoking and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Props to them. What that could you imagine what those kids gotta live up to? Seriously? Oh yeah. <laughs> those are some big shoes to fill. <laughs> um I think too. What is your, so in your training process, then have, have you completely switched over? Are you really, cause you said you're doing high rocks. Are you also going to do DecaFit? Are you going to wander into some of these other things? Maybe a trip yeah, to Deca one. A trip to where? Back and do RX one. We'll tell you all about oh, it. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> need to get up to Canada again. It's been a minute. Um, so Deca, yeah. Um, it was really hard to kind of figure out what all of their races were at first. Cause they have a bunch of different Decas. So I finally figured it out. I ended up booking um, the Anaheim one because it's the closest one to me. It's the weekend after um, the this, this weekend. So the weekend after Vegas. And I did it because I really don't have anything on the summer after this. Um, I wanted to get at least one DECA in so I can potentially go to their worlds in, um, in New Jersey in November. And um, I'm already like, I think it's basically a half a high rocks. So I figure if I'm already fit, I might as well just go and do it. I don't think I'll, I wouldn't really need to put any extra different training into that. So, so yeah, those are kind of the big two that I have right now. And then just nothing really other than that planned until probably the fall. So. But, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Beth, but isn't that probably good? Because I think a lot of this the Spartan race and OCR races, you just get overloaded with too many races and not yeah. enough, 
am, am I onto something there? Not enough recovery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I do find people just, they race weekend after weekend because there's just so many opportunities and there's definitely some people who I watch in the Spartan world that I'm like, it's just too much. Like, I don't know how you get, and it's, it's also February to December for a season. Yeah. Yeah. I'm basically all my years up to 20, well, yeah, up to 2019, I basically raced like every month at least. And I, by some, some seasons by the time worlds came around, I was like, I just, this is a lot. Like I'm just kind of yeah. ready to be done. So it is, I I'm so looking forward to actually having a break and it just helped like, I don't know, just being able to get more specific training blocks in. Um, but at the same time, it kind of almost makes it a little more nerve wracking. There's just a little bit more extra pressure on every single race because you haven't raced as often either. So there's a little bit of both ends of the spectrum going on. I'm so going from Vegas. No, no, no chance you're going to jump from Vegas and just head down to Big Bear for just for a hoot. No, not even <laughs> close. I don't. I will be at the pool all day on Sunday, doing absolutely nothing and just enjoying the heck out of it. <laughs> That's how you go to Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before or just recently, you were in the Go Rock Games, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, you had a, a bit of an up and down experience there. So I mean, I just walk us through that because I mean, we heard we heard you were absolutely destroying it. Was yes. <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through. It. it started out. You started out with. Uh, are the uh, 12 mile yeah so I mean I really wasn't focused on training on it for it at all I kind of I did some things here and there like I definitely wore the ruck pack at least a couple times a week and made sure I you know got used to that weight and running with it and just I I don't know I just kind of again felt like my high rocks training would really translate because of the heavy stuff that we have used and whatnot um, but also like, we didn't know what we were going to do. So I'm not going to waste all this time training for something that might not happen, you know? So I kind of just had to take a chance there. And so, yeah, it started with that 12 mile beach ruck and man, had I known that that was going to be in there, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't think I would have gone because I would have been like, I can't train for this enough. Like I can't, I don't know. I just felt like it would probably ruin all my high rocks training. I thought way too much about it. And I hadn't ran 12 miles and maybe since like the fall. So, and that was just, you know, regular easy run. So, um, to run that on the beach and to come out in third was like, whoa, <laughs> like I'm doing something right kind of thing. And then, um, so yeah, so that was, that was really surprising. That kind of, you know, gave me some confidence going into the rest of it. And, um, let's see, what was the, then we went to the, uh, festival area and we did like that sandbag, like kind of kettlebell swing toss behind you and then the max pull-ups and then that one mile sandbag run. And we don't know how we did on those. Like they didn't really ever tell us. And then we did the hundred pound one mile sandbag run. And it was just like out the gate. It was just, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is the longest mile ever. And it was four laps there. And I don't know, I just took it out in front and I was just like, I'm not letting this go. And I ended up taking first in that one. And then, uh, yeah, we did the farmer's carry, same concept. I was just like, I'm on a roll now. Like, I'm not letting these things drop to first in that one. Overhead's not really my strength, so I didn't do super great on that one. Um, I don't remember if we had one more after that. I don't remember. But, yeah, so, like, that was the whole day, basically. And I was, like, just in shock. I was just like, this is this is my games. 
I'm going to, I'm going to win this thing. And then we had the obstacle thing on the morning of Sunday morning, that very next morning. And, and, and where were you sitting before? Cause they, they told you guys where you were sitting before the obstacle, right? Like right. Yeah. So we didn't know by the end of the day, they calculated everything that night, Sunday morning, we all met up, they lined us up in like the top well, they lined all of us, of us up, I suppose, like one through 40. So yeah, I knew I was first. So I was first out of that, that um, going into the obstacle race. And the obstacle race, they put us head to head, like, I think it was like one verse two, three verse four, et cetera. And it was just based on our time, not who we were going against. So um, after they calculated up all those times, I was still in first, but then it kind of shuffled around like everybody else. So for example, Chris Roglowski was not in the top eight and then until the obstacle course race that bumped her up into that that top eight slot or the eighth spot I should say and then yeah after that where they were like okay uh points don't matter now um we're going one verse eight two verse seven etc and then if whoever loses is just eliminated and yeah we got on um I think we were the last ones to go and um got up to so it was monkey bars over this A-frame cargo deal, you had to grab your ruck pack, go under a really low crawl, and then we had ascending weighted sandbags. You had to run down, climb over a wall, grab the next one. And we got on the monkey bars. I knew, I felt confident in it regardless. I was like, no matter what happens on the obstacle portion, like I knew she was better than me in that. I was like, I've got the sandbags. Like that's just been my jam all weekend. And as soon as we got on the monkey bar, I just kind of like slipped up. I have monkey bars in my gym and they're, they're really long apart. It's basically like almost a wingspan. These ones are really close together and a lot more narrow. And so my technique was just really off. I just wasn't really sure how to get through them quickly. And by the time I was like a third of the way in, she was already at the end. And I was just like, oh shit. Okay. I was like, okay, I still got some time to catch back up. But little did I realize how short that event was that after that, it, it was like a sprint, right? Like if you miss your spear throw in a sprint, you're basically not coming back. And that's exactly how it was. Like she'd already had such a lead on me at that point that I just wasn't able to come back. And then it was just over, like literally in a blink of an eye. So as much of a high of, as I was on, right? Like over the whole weekend, that was still just like heartbreaking. Cause I, I really thought that nothing could stop me after, after that. So, yeah. So I mean, it, it's probably an easy question to figure out, but how did you feel about the setup for something like that? Like where they have all that and then they just go to that playoff format. And really in my mind, the seating is so bizarre because one event is nothing like the rest of the stuff you do. So it's not like where you have, you know, you play a hockey game over and over and over again. You play mm-hmm. the game, so you have one versus eight and it's very relevant. Whereas this could be, you know, maybe it was you against Katie Knight yes. bag over the head where it just, you know, the, it just seems odd the way that I, I personally, I liked a lot of the stuff they did, but this was one of the things I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I, I wasn't worried about that at all going in. Cause I, I literally thought there was just, I was like, I'm going to win this. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And after reflection, reflecting over it, I was like, wait a second. Like she kind of just got lucky with the event that she put us in. Like granted, I didn't execute. And I know that like I could have done better in the monkey bars part, but at the same time, right. Like it did, like you said, it come to, came down to whatever they picked for that. And it didn't, it wasn't on an equal playing field with everything else that we did necessarily. Um, so yeah, like I hope the next year they change that because it just, or do an elimination with, you know, like you said, kind of like the same kinds of things or something like that. 
Um, so yeah, like that, I don't want to say it, didn't seem, it wasn't like fair because that's just, that was the rules at the time. Like that's, it is what it is, but I, I do kind of hope it, they make it a little more even playing field, I suppose, next year. So. Yeah. Cause I mean, the next event where they did the seating for the top four was completely yeah. different and might've been a very different scenario. Right. Right. Um, exactly. So obviously you were not taking part, but how did you feel about the grappling being part of the event? Would you have- <laughs> when, I, <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I, I was kind of glad in a way, um, because I was like, I, I would just probably embarrass myself. <laughs> I was joking around. Like I didn't grow up with brothers and I was the oldest of five sisters. So I was kind of the bully, but like, we didn't like wrestle or anything. Right. Like that felt like that's just kind of what I feel like brothers do growing up. So I've never really had to do any of that. And I, I don't know. I literally just think I would have got my ass handed to me. And if anybody has ever watched broken skull, I was on that for one of the seasons and immediately got taken out because basically we had to like wrestle and she just like annihilated me <laughs> so I I would have had no confidence absolutely going into that but um I did one of the girls um I made friends with their name's Mac and me and Corinna had been like talking after everything was all over and um Mac comes over and I was joking and I was like oh hey let's go get in the ring you know and so we did and she's probably like half my size and just totally just takes me out, you know? So I was like, okay, like maybe it was a good thing that I wasn't in that, but I did think it was really cool. I will say like, it was the funnest thing to watch. Like I was, my heart was just like racing the entire time watching that. So I thought it was a really, really cool twist to end on, but I was really worried someone was going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've gone down that road many times. So I won't, I won't, I won't beat a dead horse with my opinion on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Anyway, but I mean, did you ever get to, to sound off on that, Beth, what you thought about the wrestling or the grappling? I, I hate to say. No, it, no, I didn't really speak much about it. I, I, I guess I just personally have sort of strong feelings in the direction of I just don't think it belongs in competitions where you're doing all this endurance stuff and fitness stuff. And then you make people do a completely different sport with skills that we don't really train. I just think they're fortunate that nobody got hurt especially in this one which is so different than the Spartan games where the points you had to take it a lot further than they were giving out points in the Spartan game so it was just it was hard for me to watch because I just kept thinking oh someone's gonna get hurt yeah. even um watching because you can you could choke people out till they tap and people aren't that aren't skilled in knowing when oh how many like even understanding when someone's tapping like you could take it too far and I just don't think it it belongs you're basically asking people to do something that and I mean if someone is trained and then you're putting them up against someone yeah. who isn't again you're a very unfair situation because I mean it's not really what we're training for here we're training for hybrid racing yeah the, the one big thing actually that I, I will say about it is next year I don't have a problem with them doing it because people can expect it yeah totally I, that's what I was yeah, <laughs> my best friend messaged me because I had posted that when me and Mac were wrestling and she was like, yo, I would slay this. And I said, if this comes back next year, you and I are going to practice. So <laughs> I will be ready next year if that's there. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, because next year people know what to expect. If you go on and you get surprised by it, well, that's your own fault for not doing your damn research. Right. This yeah. time I thought it was a mistake, just like Beth said, because you guys went to do rucking and obstacles and hey, 
grapple to the death. <laughs> so, anyway. yep. so all in all, though, you would go back? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, it was just so much fun. I Just the most fun I think I've honestly ever had in a competition. Like, I just absolutely loved that we didn't know it was going to come next. And you just had to be like, all right, let's do this. And maybe you had a little bit of time to strategize or something, but it wasn't much. And just... I don't know, just all the different variations of types of events too. Um, I will say I would like to see more of the stuff they did at the end. It would be hard with all the athletes that they had to be able to do that. Um, but the more, I don't want to say like WAD style, but kind of, right? Like a Metcon. Um, yeah, Metcon, thank you. Like I kind of, I don't know, I was really bummed that I couldn't do that that second one. <laughs> um, so so I would like to see a little bit more of, of that kind of stuff would be, would be really cool. So. I want to see more weighted rope climbs everywhere. Yeah, and I even did weighted rope climbs. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I did rope climbs with a ruck pack. I was ready for this. I saw that in the, in the what was it the the rogue the rogue invitational or whatever, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" Just a weighted yeah. rope climbs. Yeah, so, yep. So that's something I want to see everywhere. What's weighted rope climbs? So for sure. So, so like I said, so high rocks is high rocks is the number one focus here. You're going in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like put you on the spot. How ready are you? Can you get a podium? Is is this the deal? Because I mean, I think the podium is pretty open here. And and I don't know if you watched, but um, I'll be honest, I because you'll see it eventually. I didn't pick you in the top five. I had I had you sixth. I will I'll be honest about it because well, it's on it's on YouTube and I can't hide it. But <laughs> otherwise, I tell you, I picked you to win. How do you think you're gonna come in? I am definitely ready to podium. I will say that, like. Like I said, I'm baking on those European girls, like not being able to do the sleds very well. And if that's the case, I think I have a really good shot. Um, my running times are up quite a bit from January. Um, I did basically the same workout I did last January and um, my splits were like 20 seconds better in my runs. So um, I'm feeling like really, really good about it. <laughs> um, but we'll see, right? Like, I mean, it's just, everything's just gotta come together. And so, I don't know. I'm feeling feeling like the podiums podiums in the view. So we'll see. That's awesome. Beth, you got anything else for Alyssa? No, I'm super excited to watch you this weekend, Alyssa. So we'll be cheering you on here. And it's at 6 p.m. your time, your race. How do you know? I didn't. I haven't even heard yet. <laughs> We've heard that's probably when it's going to be, but it's. Oh, that's rough. I did my training today because. Oh, go ahead. You think it's rough on you? That's going to be like three a.m. for the for the people from overseas. That's true. Another good thing <laughs> stacked for me. Um, no, I was just saying I purposely didn't do my workout in the morning because I like to, um, you know, practice in the afternoon when the new races usually are. So, whew, that's quite a big difference. But that's okay. It, don't don't you know? Don't take it to the bank. It's just that's what we've heard. Yeah, it'll so, be it'll yeah. be later. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we'll I'm cool cheering you on. Cool, thank you. And if I get six, I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad mojo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prove him wrong, Alyssa. Stand on that podium. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Alyssa. All right, thanks. <gasps>